What is the most astonishing gift that you have ever been given or have ever given to someone else at Christmas time? What's the most astonishing gift you've ever been given or, or have ever given to someone else for Christmas? Just about everybody here is slated to give and or receive at least one gift tomorrow, big or small. It's a wonderful time of the year for giving gifts and getting them too, right? Heather's brother David and his family are visiting this week from Western Canada. And Heather has been so looking forward to doing a gift exchange with them tomorrow. She loves to give gifts to those she loves. And boy, does she love you. It's wonderful to have you guys with us. And I just can't wait to see what you got me this year. (laughs) We all love it when our gift really hits the spot, right? You give someone a gift and they open it and it's exactly what they wanted. That their face lights up and there's maybe a gasp. I remember when I was a little kid, I got the Millennium Falcon spaceship from Star Wars as my Christmas gift. Not the real one, not, you know, a toy. Okay, it was under the Christmas tree. But I opened that up and oh my, was I excited. It even had like the little hiding place. You know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. It had the hiding place. And the guys that went pew, 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 pew. Oh man, was I excited. What have been some of your favorite gifts to receive over the years at Christmas time? Have any of them been astonishing oh you shouldn't have what were some of your favorite gifts to give the reason why the giving of gifts is so appropriate at christmas is because christmas marks the giving of the greatest gift ever given that's what amy told the little ones just a little bit ago last sunday a group of us visited a dozen homes of our church family and sang christmas carols in their front yards And at the end of every song time, we would pray for the folks in that home or ask them to pray for us. And we were always praying John 3.16 for each other. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the greatest gift ever. Because you love the world so much that you gave, you gave your one and only son. Sometimes it's hard to remember that that's what Christmas is all about. Because there's a lot of distractions out there, aren't there? Even the giving of gifts to one another can add to the distraction, especially the endless shopping for gifts for one another. Am I right? By the way, yeah. By the way, I'm not saying that we all need to spend an astonishing amount of money for Christmas each year. It might be wiser for us to keep the gift giving simple in our families and focus our generosity elsewhere, especially when our funds are limited. Think about those who do not have much at all and give in that direction. It's easy to get distracted, even by the gifts, from the greatest gift ever given. So let's think about it together once again. We actually studied John 3.16 just a couple months ago as we've been working our way systematically through the Gospel of John. So we won't go over all the context and all the fine details like we did back then. Check the YouTube of that message this afternoon to go back over all of that and to go deeper. Today, I just want us to focus on how astonishing this gift really was. Because this is, quite frankly, mind-blowing. And if it isn't mind-blowing, then we don't really understand it. We've been learning some pretty astonishing things together the last few months, haven't we? 
For example, that God is Son and God is Father. And He's also Spirit. All at the same time and for eternity. God the Father has eternally begotten His own Son. God has a Son and He is also God. Or as the Nicene Creed says it, the Son is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Or as the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. That's the Son. And the Word was with God. And as the Son, He's from God. And the Word was God. That's God the Son. And there's only one of Him. These are some pretty astonishing things. We've been going, we're going to go over them again tonight as we light all five of these candles. God has a Son, and He is God's, what's the Greek word for it? Does anybody catch that? I've tried to say it a bunch of times to get it into your head. Monogenes, right? Monogenes. It, it means only begotten or ultra unique or one and only Son. We've seen this over and over again in the Gospel of John. God has a Son, and He is in a class by Himself. There is no one else like Him. And the, how's the Father feel about the Son? The Father what? The Son. The Father loves the Son. We've seen that again and again, haven't we? John chapter 5 which is the most recent chapter we've been in. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all He does. Yes, to your amazement, He will show Him even greater things than these. Or two weeks ago, we looked at His baptism, right? When Darren and Simon went forward for baptism. We looked at Jesus' baptism where the Father breaks open the heavens and He says, This is my Son, whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. Or just last week, when we talked about Jesus as the ultimate prophet, when he was transfigured, the Father, he brought up Moses and Elijah, those other great prophetic figures from the Old Testament, and they put them there with Jesus, and he, then he said, Jesus, this is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. The Father loves the Son, has for all eternity. He loves Him so much. He's His one and only Son. So that's why it's so astonishing. That's why it's so breathtaking when we read in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. What? And this wasn't a giving like giving him away in marriage or something like that. Like we might say, I give my son to the world when he becomes a man. Something like that. And all we mean by it is he's leaving the nest and making his way in the big bad world. No, this is giving like an exchange. Here, you can have him. And you can do with him what you're going to do to Him. God gave His Son as a sacrifice for this world. That's what John 3.16 is talking about. 
John is talking about the death of God's one and only Son. That's the gift. The Apostle John never got over this. He never got over what he was led to write here. John John thought about this all of his life. When he wrote his letters, John John, uh, meditated on this. This is what he says in his first letter, 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Sounds great. Next verse. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Do you see how astonished John was by this? He never got over this. John was the guy who wrote John 3.16. And he says, we didn't love God. And he gave his son for us. That's love. See, it's all bound up in that word world, right? We think God so loved the world. Great. That's amazing because the world is so big. What a great love he has. But John's saying something bigger than that. John is saying it's actually amazing because the world is so bad. Just about every time John uses the word world, he's talking about humanity united together in rebellion against God. The world system, we might say. Because the world is so sinful, this is such an astonishing gift. At a lot of funerals, I preach... John 3.16 at the funeral, especially if I don't know the family very well. And I always say something like this. I have three sons and one daughter. And I know I'm supposed to love people and I want to be a loving man, but it would be really hard for me to give one of my sons or my daughter for anyone, much less for my enemies. But God gave His one and only Son to save those who will believe. Isn't that astonishing? Have you got used to this idea? It's easy to get used to it. You got it memorized, right? You can rattle it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agree, agree, agree. What an amazing giver this God is. I have a friend who says, our treason is is the reason for the season. Our sin is the reason why He came. God didn't just send His one and only Son to show us the way to to Him. He gave His one and only Son to be the way that we come to Him. He gave His one and only Son to die on the cross for our sins and come back to life to give us life. And that's just shocking That should leave us breathless every time we think it. We do not deserve this. This is all grace. It is all a gift. The Apostle Paul never got over this either. Misty put a a gold bulletin board out there, a gold bold bulletin board out there that we've all been looking at for the last few months. It has 2 Corinthians 9.15 on it, and it very simply says, Thanks be to God 
for his indescribable gift. One time I looked up that word indescribable in the dictionary and it means you can't describe it. Which does not mean that we shouldn't try. There are words to describe God's gift, but there aren't enough words to do it justice. The King James Version of 2 Corinthians 9.15 calls it the unspeakable gift, which might give you the idea that it's forbidden to talk about this gift. Speak not about this gift. That's clearly not what Paul meant or what King James meant. What that also gives you the idea is there just aren't words to use. It's unspeakably good. The English Standard Version says inexpressible gift. You you almost get the idea from the ESV that you, you not only run out of words to describe this gift, but you just run out of words altogether, right? It's just, it's, right? It's just so astonishing. Just slow down and think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How do we apply that, that astonishing truth to our lives in 2023 and soon to be 2024? Let me suggest five things. Boom, 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 boom. Number one, believe. That's what John 3.16 says we need to do. That's our part. God has astonishingly given His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's whoever. That's you and me and anyone else. I heard some of you say whosoever, right? That's the King James word for it, right? Whosoever. That's anyone who believes but only those who believe. If you don't believe, then Jesus' death is not a gift for you. You have to receive it for yourself. All gifts are like that, right? If someone hands you a gift tomorrow morning at Christmas and you refuse it, if you leave it unopened, well, it was given, but it wasn't received. Believe. I know sometimes it's hard to believe. I almost call this message the incredible gift because it's almost too astonishing to believe. But this is the gospel. It's the greatest news in all the world, and it's true. Believe it. Put your trust in God's gift of His one and only Son and be amazed. Rejoice, marvel, wonder. Allow yourself to be astonished. This is amazing stuff. Don't let it become old hat. I struggle with that every year around this time. It's actually my job to rehearse these truths every Christmas time, and it's kind of easy to get bored with Mary, Joseph, shepherds, angel, wise men. Mary, Joseph, shepherds, angel, wise men. Mary, Joseph, shepherds, angel, wise men. This is my 26th year saying Mary, shepherd, Mary, wise men, right? But if we just stop and think about what John 3.16 says here, you can't get bored. You, you have to be amazed. Because this is real. This is the realest of real. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Be amazed. And be loving. That's where the Apostle John goes with it next in verse 11 of chapter 4 
of his first letter. Again, he says, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So what? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now we're going to see that again and again in the Gospel of John. We're called to believe, and then believers are called to love. As we go further up and further into the Gospel of John, we'll learn that we've been loved with an astonishing love, so we need to learn to love one another in a way that makes the world gasp. I'll tell you, the world right now is not gasping at how much Christians love one another. We have work to do, friends. We have work to do, brothers and sisters, to love one another as God has loved us. And even even to love our enemies in a way that makes the world shake their heads in amazement. Be like Jesus and be full of love. And be like Jesus and be full of, of peace. Be peaceful. What I mean here is that if you and I are loved like this, then what do we have to worry about? What trouble should trouble us if we are loved like this? Romans 8.32 says it this way. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He's saying he will do it. If he did the hardest thing by giving up his one and only son, then nothing can stop or will stop him from taking care of all the easier things, like all the stuff that's got us worried right now. You and I can live in peace and confidence because God's got us. He did the hard thing of giving his one and only son. He'll do everything else. Be peaceful. And burst out with the news. John 3.16 is too good to keep to ourselves. Let's go up on the mountainside and tell the world. The astonishing news that God so loved them that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life.